Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Be ready. Maybe. All right. Hello and welcome to probably the worst edition of Making Laps podcast we've ever created. I am unfortunately your host, Frank Gleason. Alongside me is my brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, this is like camping. <laughs> I hate camping. And I hate this. Honest with, and with us on a line is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. Where are you? I'm so sorry. I can't <laughs> Please make it stop. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Here's the music video. Oh, this <laughs> what the entire. I'm enjoying this because this embodies the entire spirit of this episode. Embrace the suck. Ambitious but rubbish. We are the radio top gear old okay so again welcome to our youtube crowd and i really need to apologize ahead of time for the audio and the video quality um because i have a story to tell this wednesday when i was racing at thompson well not racing because we got our asses poured on we had a thunderstorm here at my house and unfortunately lightning struck my house and uh, caused some damage that I'm still finding. I have a call into insurance, blah, blah, blah. But it, it took down a piece of my roof. It took out my internet modem, my internet Wi-Fi router, whatever. It took down my, uh, we figured this out five minutes before recording. It took down our audio board and my laptop. You should drink. I really should. It's conceivable. Life is pain. It's it's trying at this very moment to do a podcast. I've done you know podcasts on the road before and done stuff like that, and I've I've dealt with problems, <laughs> but this takes the cake because everything is gone. Everything. Like my regular computers are okay. But everything we use otherwise is dead. I hope that the microphones are still alive, but good job. I'm not even holding out hope for that at this point. So welcome to our show. And everything is terrible. I, I again, I'm just gonna say it again. I apologize. I guarantee the audio sucks. I can't hear anything. I can't, I can't have control over anything. I guarantee there's an echo. I guarantee this is the worst show that we've ever done. So uh, just and if I'm this is your first episode, go back and just listen to those or wait till next week or something when I guess this thing fixed. That's so not anyway, a good way to start it off. That's a great way to start it off. Hey, I'm the one in uh, Lightning Alley. I should be the one getting struck. 
<laughs> and uh, judging by how many trees there are around my house and how tall everything is around it for my house to get struck, it's stupid. Yeah, Just I'm actually stupid. shocked at that. Yeah, same here. Okay, so we always start the show off with personal updates. Well, there's one. There's one personal update. I hope everybody enjoyed it. <laughs> Well, other than that, I went racing on when, well, we tried to go racing on Wednesday and we got to go up and practice and we didn't qualify. <laughs> we didn't get to qualify. We got out there and basically got to lap three of our heat race and it started to rain. And I got to give a lot of credit to the staff and the officials at Thompson Speedway because they had guys all around the track, well, everyone around the track, officials around the track, and they noticed the rain immediately in whatever corner of the track it was at first because I saw droplets on my windshield and turned three first. And I was fortunately or unfortunately leading that heat race. And I was, I was thinking to myself, like, well, if it downpours at one end of the track, I'm going to be the first one to find it, and I'll probably get wrecked. So that's going to suck. But they were on top of it. The first lap, it started sprinkling. They called it over the radio. The next time we came through, I saw bigger droplets, got past the start-finish line, they threw the yellow. And Tapley came over the radio and said, this isn't worth wrecking race cars for. Get them down pit road. And it's like, yep. All right. I was just about to pull the thing in on my own anyway, because I'm like, nope, I'm not going down into turn three again, because I guarantee you it's going to be wet and I'll probably wreck the car. And they did the right thing. They called us in at the right time. It was no sooner I got down on pit road that it started raining hard enough that I could barely see. And I was basically pulling Ace Ventura out the window and like what looking. Yeah, I, I actually drove faster so the windshield would beat all the water up over it. And it worked pretty well, but you know, you're on racing tires and it's you, you slide around a little. So I said, okay, we'll just slow down. And I get back to the trailer, we throw it in the trailer and we wait, you know, until after the hail stopped because there was pea sized hail falling on us. Uh, it, I know what they were doing. Thompson, and you know what? I'm going to transition this into another edition of the DARF comment of the week. All right. All right. So this is not last week we did the person's name, but this week we're just going to, this is a blanket comment because I saw it from a bunch of different people. So it's, it's a general comment. It's about the fans writing on social media who said Thompson didn't cancel earlier because they just wanted the money and other stupid reasons. Okay. Now here's the facts. The oval track itself is leased out. The ownership has no intention of running their own races on the oval. So they're like, okay, we'll lease it to somebody else. So that group is consistent of the people who run the ACT and the pro all-star series, Michaud and Mayberry. And they give the oval track, whoever leases the oval track, six essential dates, not days, but dates. And they don't offer like any rain out dates to pretty much any of the uh, regular events. They might on the World Series and the Icebreaker, I'd have to go look, but I don't think so. I'm not sure. Um, 
So there's no rain and dates that are built in. And if they don't make any attempt at even trying to get the race in, then they probably lose their shirts on it because they've probably already paid for these dates. Um, we might have been able to get the show in if the rain hadn't been so strong. If it had just been a normal rainstorm, it wouldn't have flooded the track. The track would have got wet. We would have got a little wet. They would have gone out and dried it. We probably would have got the race in that night. But the storm was so bad that it actually flooded the track and it wasn't draining. It was not draining. Like there's a little section in between the grandstands and the asphalt and there's like a trough in there. It's not quite victory lane. It's the low section to, you know, down towards turn four uh, side of the, that half of the front stretch. And that puddled with water so deep and there's a drainage pipe in that wall. So it can come out and drain down into the infield and drain into the ground through there. And it was pouring out of air. I think Scott Tapley actually posted a picture of it on his Twitter. And it was yeah, very telling why they couldn't get that race in. Because, yeah, when the track floods, there ain't a hell of a lot you can do about it. So, well, and that's again, if it wasn't such a bad storm. Oh, sorry, what was that? That's all running down from the top of the hill, too. I mean, Thompson's way down in the bottom of a valley. So, mm. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, it, yeah, it'll come down from like clubhouse hill and all the way down there and it'll also keep you know it's kind of flat where the back stretch is but it does funnel down from the top so yeah it's not going to slow down it's going to all drain down that's where the, the water goes <laughs> yeah and so it's like all right so i mean you there's, can't you can't blame them too much because again there's two scenarios Either i don't blame i don't blame the people, people leasing the track from popson yeah, I blame. I mean, I, mean, I, I wish, wish that Thompson would be able to work with them a little bit better, as far as getting a rain date from a lessee. Uh, I suppose I understand why there's no not, not enough, enough rain dates, dates and whatnot. But you know, then again, again there's, there's a lot of silver, silver-haired uh, middle-aged white, white men with questionable sexual backgrounds that want to rent the track, track for, for their classic, classic MG and. British sports car uh, reunion and then talk about the next Nambla meeting that they want to go to next. Yeah, I agree. And uh, <laughs> I mean, they, what really the bad. hell? I mean, you look at the dates for the entire track, both the oval track and, and the I don't mean the Marlon Brando lookalike association either. Not the South Park one, no. No. Um, let's let's move forward here. Uh, no, but you look at the schedule from Thompson, and I know they tell the lessees that their schedule is full, but I didn't see anything for days. I mean, and then you look the next week, and there's days open. The day after that, the week after that, there's dates open. It's like you couldn't slot something in there for us. I mean, it takes a few hours to change the track over, but couldn't do something. Well. You know? and the there's certain days too where the racing school has a track and the track set up in configuration for the oval. Yeah. So why not do it on that same day? The racing school can run in the morning, do their thing, four hour show, whatever they do from eight to 12. And then you can get ready for an oval race. Yeah. And they could even, you know what, here, sweeten the pot a little bit, have them run exhibitions. Yeah. Like ride-alongs, fan features. ride-alongs during the features, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a terrible idea, but again, we're not ownership. 
and we're not oh, leasing. So I guess our, you know, we could be wrong. We could, we might not be, who knows? It can't I mean, be that full. full. The track can't be that full on those days. The, the client has been a, a little bit on the steady side maybe because, because people are afraid to scratch in their front balances on, on the, the, on the Corvettes and whatnot from everything with the low ride height. height. It's not, it's, it's not a secret. Yeah. It's not, not a, a secret. secret. There's a lot so, of people that have transitioned completely over to Palmer because they don't like the transitions on that road course. Yeah, Coming they don't like the it. oval and off of the oval suck. It's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. So, so there's, there's the client there. There's open dates. I just, I know there's... Crawling back. I know there's open dates. I know there are. And I hate to be a pessimist when it comes to these things because I just want racetracks to, you know, survive, and I don't want them to become, you know, housing or or Amazon warehouses because of negativity. But when it comes to telling us that you have open dates but you don't have dates listed on the calendar, what are you telling us? You know, what are you really telling us? And then. If you're going to have private rentals, I think you should put that on your calendar so that it tells people that you're doing something that day, especially people who want to try to rent whatever track, you know, the bottom line is Jonathan Hainig does not care about that oval. He never has. And he, no, he never has. He's going to do everything in his power, in my opinion, to squeeze the life out of that thing by restricting dates, restricting when they can do what they can do. And he's eventually going to just come up with the excuse oh there's not enough money to repair the place we we should just knock it down and finish the road course that's what i see happening and then they're going to lose both they're going to lose both, both the road the road and the and the, and the oval track too yeah. hey, hey get this, this way. way look at look at history folks first, first generation, generation builds it. it second generation expands the company third, third generation, generation brings it down to the toilet the end yeah, because the second generation saw what the first generation did to build it. And they can maintain and learn from the best and they can continue that, that you know, on and expand the business. And the third generation never saw how the first generation worked and how the second generation came up working in it. And they don't know the struggles and stripes and, and all the efforts that go into doing something like this. They feed off of whatever excess or profit they get, enjoy it, and then they don't know how to really run it. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I've mourned the loss of this track, track for the last almost 10 years now. So, done morning. It's, it's really kind of foolish, too, because you got to think of how many times that this place has had a road course and it's failed. Yeah, this, this time will be the rendition of it, right? This is at least the third, third iteration, I think, maybe fourth. Because they did it back in the 50s. I think the seventies or eighties. And then I forget there was two different ways in the seventies and eight. I forget. They had the one that was just on the property. Then they expanded it to that farm and yeah, then the, they had a farm. dispute and they, you know, brought it back to the own property and it failed all three times. And then they brought it back this time. And it's like, well... <laughs> it's, it's failing again. Very clear. And how many times, but the thing is, is how many times did the oval track bail that place out? Oh, always. Especially every in the 90s. single time. Especially in the nineties. Every, every time. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, they had the oval track as a specialty facility for big races back in the day. And that's, you know, whatever. But when they needed money and they needed that place to survive, what did they do? Full-time oval track because this road course failed. Every time. Every time. I think that track could easily survive on about a 15, 14 or 15 race a year schedule on the oval track, big special events, all that stuff, but don't just dedicate the rest of the schedule to the road course, do other events, flea markets, car shows, family fun nights, fairs, diversify, yeah. the property. invest in the community. That track yeah. has been there longer than I think longer than that town's been actually instated, whatever it's called. Incorporated? Yeah, incorporated. Yeah, that place would be big enough to hold, hold a fair. fair. Yeah, it would. Oh, easily. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could hold a fair there. You could put rides all the way around the mountain, put all the vendors and stuff on the skid pad. Be dope. How dope would it be to ride a Ferris wheel in the infield? Hell yeah. <laughs> that Hell, would be even, awesome. Even put a Ferris wheel on the backstretch during the World Series. Oh, that would be even more dope. That'd be... I don't know why they don't do stuff like that. Make That's what drives me nuts about short track racing these days. There's no outside-the-box thinking. They're very short-sighted. Yeah. I mean, I love short track racing. I wish it was stronger everywhere. I'd love to see everywhere have 30, 35 cars show up for each division, but that's not the case. We need to find ways to get people back to the track. Yeah, what the providing for families? Let's give the promoters and the rent and the lessees of the oval track, the ACT and pass um, guys and and organizations a lot of credit because they're doing something incredibly intelligent when they rented this track, especially the way they're doing it. They're doing every single race is something special. They got open tour type modifieds at every single race. What do fans around here come to see? mods those and they ditch nascar no big fees fine by me i didn't pay for a license well fine by how that. awesome is that saves you a hundred yeah. bucks for the year yeah that saved me money that it saves them a whole bunch for, of if you're running uh pump gas you could pay basically run three or four races on that yeah, yeah. i mean Again, it, it's it stinks that they get Wednesdays. A midweek show, a midweek show will always, always kill car counts. Doesn't matter who's running it. Even Friday's hard. Friday's hard. I can't race Stafford because they race Fridays. I love Stafford, but I can't do Friday. If Stafford raced on Sunday, yeah. I'd probably try to run full time. <laughs> well, not anymore because I screwed my car up. I'd have to build my second chassis, but. I would, I would almost try, just because I could do I have it. A question: How much is is a deterrent of the of the cup race being on Sunday? Uh, a deterrent for short tracks to race on Sunday. I can answer that right now. Have you ever seen the crowd at the Icebreaker in the World Series? Well, uh, oh shoot, they do work pretty good. Yeah. They're huge. That's a good point. Cup races in April, cup races in October. There's generally generally enough of a disconnect these days thanks to NASCAR and their stupidity. Um, And technology. Yeah. Well, you know, 
you've got everybody has literally if this was a cell phone a dvr in your pocket if you have a streaming service yeah. like i do if you have fubo youtube tv playstation tv hulu tv any, any of them they all have dvrs you just click on your phone record the race then stay off twitter for the next four hours that's what i do if i'm racing and there's a race on i record it or if i'm busy you know what else I see in the stands, though, at the track for Icebreaker and World Series? Mm. A lot of gray hair. Yeah. A L- lot of gray hair. We're not getting young people in the stands. I beg to differ. I think we are. I think we get a lot of kids. I see a lot of them. N- not enough. I don't think enough. I, I tend to agree to a point. I think we can do a lot more to outreach and get people to the track, but it's just a matter of getting them there because of it's, it's got to be on a good day and you got to make it less expensive. Cause I was looking at Waterford's schedule for Wednesday night and I don't even, I don't even want to get into it, but I could go deep into Waterford and why their Wednesday night program is nowhere near what it should be. Uh, but the front gate is 12 bucks to get in. That should be a Saturday night gate fee. Yeah, and their I pit agree. fee is their pit fee for a Wednesday night is twenty five bucks, which isn't terrible. But back in the day, it used to be five bucks to get in the front gate, and like twenty and fifteen, I think, to get in the back gate. That's so a, there's, have, there's just a lot of like it, it, it's a very broad general question when you when you see that there's not a lot of young people coming in. I mean, I mean you, you do have, have a point. point. I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Edit that out. Damn. Uh, woo. <laughs> Edit that out. I'm not. But anyway, anyway. Uh, as far as that's concerned, there's many, many reasons, reasons why there's not a lot of young people. There's a lot of different directions to be pulled in, a lot of different competition for everybody's dollar and whatnot. It's just, it, it, there's a different cultural environment. To pin it on one reason is going to be really tough, but but the fact of the matter is, is that nobody's dressing up. No kids are dressing up as Kyle Busch for forum anymore. For what? Forum. What's that? Jewish Halloween. Oh, I didn't know that. I guess I don't know much. Nah, whatever. I'm not very cultural. Anyway. I don't know the word. Hey, I don't either. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna post these types of prices, you got to kind of think about what's going on around you and what people can do, and you have to be competitive with your prices. Cheap prices bring people in the gates. That's bar none. But does it cover the bills? That's a big problem. So, I mean, again, we could go forever on what the hell goes on with racetrack running and ownerships and stuff, but. Do, do the Wednesday night racers race for a purse or is it a trophy class night only? They might have a purse. It used to be a purse back when I ran. It used to be like they paid the top 10 only, but it wasn't a lot. Okay. <laughs> it's happening over there. Oh, we're not used to having headsets because we broke every, well, we didn't do anything. I have an itch in my ear. All of this could have been prevented if I just had a freaking circuit breaker or something. Anyway, damn it, Brian. Did, 
It didn't trip the breakers in the house. It just fried everything and just left everything. Oh, forget it. All right, let's, let's move, move on. on. So guess what? Stafford and Waterford. Hey, guess what? what? Thompson is not special. They get rained out even though they only race once a month. Guess what? You're not special either, says Mother Nature. Nature. And says Mother Nature, says, says Stafford. Stafford. Uh, we didn't forget about you. You get it too. <laughs> and Waterford, we're going to put so, so much, much rain on you that you might as well race hydro, what is it? Uh, hydroplanes, hydro, boats. Yeah, hydroplanes. Uh, because they can't get the water out of there fast. They can't pump it out enough. It's, it's impossible. impossible. So, so much rain. rain. Yeah. It did just about drown Friday. It did. I was just hit by the lane. My, my only no question my only question about the speedball, and it's not really a critique at them, is just why didn't they start pumping sooner? You know, I think somebody a couple of years ago screwed this up for the whole uh, place because right. they made an anonymous quote unquote complaint to the EPA about where they pumped it. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. wasn't the rain mostly out of there on Friday night? Yeah, it was like, gone. Yeah. So, yeah, gone by Saturday morning. So, yeah, that did, that happened. Actually, nothing happened. Red tape and um, bull crap. Yeah, this, this is, is the, the most, most depressing, depressing show. show. Much Frankly, like the weather. Florida, Florida. 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 That's great. It's, it's also, also how hard. You also look sticky. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. If I was to describe your face in one word, it's sticky. Not going to touch that one. Yeah, I'm going to um, leave that one alone. It's not love, love mayonnaise man. sticky, but, you know, sweaty. So Seekonk ran some kind of thrill show or something instead of actual racing. I got blown out. You can mute your microphone. <laughs> I don't want to sneeze again. You can mute your microphone, I said. There's a little switch. Oh, how do you do that? Click it. Wait. How about now? You can still hear him just fine. Yeah, through my camera probably because he's right next to me. That's probably why we're getting such bad echoes so, in this. So if it's red, it's on. Red is off. He's actually not that bad with it muted. I know we should have just like muted him and had him talk through my camera because this is going to be echoey so bad. This is probably not even going to go out. As a podcast, it's probably not. Probably not. <laughs> His this echo is, probably... is absolutely horrendous at times. I, I know. Hey, Jess, try muting your mic and see what happens. Yeah. How about now? No, that's, re that's really not that bad. That's usable. Okay. Just take the headset off, and while well, you want to still hear people, I can almost hear him through Brent anyway. <laughs> Learn uh, as we go. Oh, okay. No, How far into it. this are we anyway? I don't even know. Reset? No clue. No, I'm not resetting this. They can just deal with the We're crappy at least audio. a half hour into it. We gotta be. We have to be. Just uh, appreciate our suck. I'll do what I can, everybody. And if I'm I can't, well, you'll another just get beer. Crap. Sorry. I'm opening up another beer and I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> this is the worst. You know, there was an episode where we had... That I actually entitled it the worst episode ever. 
and uh it was pretty bad but it's nowhere even close to this bad <laughs> you should just title this one the worst episode ever to t-o-o uh, <laughs> i hope everybody's enjoying how bad we are because this is bad i have crippling depression that nowhere near as bad as the uh, finish of the truck series race at uh where were they knoxville that was terrible were they in Knoxville, Tennessee? I, I can't tell from what yeah, right. I was arguing about all freaking night. It was, that's, that's embarrassing. They don't even know where they are. Let's be honest. Um, is we, Knoxville a dual city? This is why dirt Knoxville, Tennessee, Knoxville, us. Iowa. Is it a dual city? What do you mean? Like a twin city, like Minneapolis, St. Paul, or Bristol, Tennessee, and Bristol, Kentucky. I don't think so, but there's a Tennessee and an Iowa for Knoxville. I know that. I don't I think they're that Knoxville, close together. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. It's Iowa. Corn country. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's embarrassing. There's our, yeah. Knoxville, right. Iowa is, looks like about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes southwest, uh, southeast of Des Moines. So it's like right out in the middle of the state. Which, which is whatever because you go from corn to corn. And I don't know what you're saying to me. It's all corn. It's all flat ground and corn. You There's... go from corn to soybean. Corn to soybean. String beans. Cool. Yeah. It's there's I've been there. There's nothing. There's nothing out there. Absolutely nothing. Except the racetrack. Yeah, um, racetrack. And a baseball field. We can't really rag on the track. I never will rag on a racetrack. We can't. It's not I the track. I will never fault. ever say it's a racetrack's fault. No. For anything. I don't care if it's Pocono. From Pocono to the speedball, it's never the racetrack's fault. You can't no. blame an inanimate object. No. This track was not built for 3,400 pound trucks, 40 of them on running a tire, running 150 laps. That's way. Too, I'm surprised it's not asphalt by now. They turned it into asphalt. Should have been a twin fifties <laughs> or twin twin thirty fives. How about this? Seventy five laps done. Actually, no. They should just do fifty. It would have been fine <laughs> if they could behave themselves. That's it's the, not that it's it's yeah. not the racing because they had some good racing back back then when. Uh, even on asphalt tracks, there were one group only, like, say, Bristol, for example. There was great racing back in 85 mm. when they were smoking a right rear tire and power sliding more than they were on this track. True. So well, it, what's it was a great race until, like, lap 40. Yeah. Once it slicked off, it was just garbage. Well, as far as changing conditions go, I have to, I have to say that listen it boils down to the competitors not not respecting one another you had crashes because people were running into the back of each other and this is going on ever since the whole oh let the boys have it bull crap Derek right, if, now, if they were if they ever had threat of consequence they wouldn't be pulling this garbage Derek Krause should have had Caterpillar as a sponsor because he was a freaking bulldozer the whole race. <laughs> he just drove through everything. He caused 
What? I just want a napkin. I'm trying to oh, okay. straight that. He and caused just... four out of the last three green-white checkers. <laughs> it, it if that's terrible. possible, he did it. <laughs> he was. Ter- he should have been let out of there by police escort. Yeah. And he and caused two yellows after the checkered flag. Seriously. Yeah. That's embarrassing. And that's the reason why is because NASCAR only wants to deal with the retaliation. They the rule in NASCAR is get the first shot in. Yep. If as long as you get the first punch in, that's rules. Works on the street, actually, if you've ever been in a real fist fight. Yeah. Yeah. Get the first shot in, more than likely you're gonna win. Yeah. So but it doesn't really work in stock cars. Not as much. There was just no for viewing audience or racers. Oh well. They should have parked them. It's it's a shame that they have to have this attitude, but, and I really, and what I'm about to say is I really hate kissing butt to authority figures, especially locally. But if Tapley and Fox were in the tower, they would have had that thing on lockdown. Yeah. Every single call at Stafford made this season and even the last season, I've seen every single one of them. I agree with every single call that they've made. Yeah. I really have. They have not been wrong once, and that's weird because I'm really looking for a reason for them to be wrong, and they haven't. They've done a really good job. Yeah, and I hate kissing butt. No, I don't. Do I that. hate it. I'm going to look like a total douche even more. <laughs> no, I, I mean, but what, that's what this. I mean, I like the novelty of running NASCAR on dirt tracks. I enjoy it. As a fan, I enjoy the novelty. If I was a driver, I'd probably have fun doing it. But I don't know how you can expect them to put on an entertaining race on a dirt track over that long of a period of time and expect it to actually produce good racing at the end. Where do you have to fight for a groove? It was literally on the bottom. And if you're out of line, you're completely screwed. Even at Eldora, it can be a total turd fest because this slide job. Eldora has weird banking, like when it's actually got tack to it. You could run almost anywhere on the track and be quick. When it slicks off and there's a cushion, you don't go to the bottom. Unless you're at the wall where nobody runs. And even then, you're still not quite fast enough. And the only reason why guys don't spin out is because the walls there they have to run that close to the wall. Yeah, I mean, again, I love the I love the novelty and I love the idea, but you can't expect a really heavy tr- vehicle to work on dirt for that long. It just does not work. They either all. need to take some take some weight out of them or give them more tire. They got to just take weight out of them, all the lead. I don't I know how much him, is in it, but take it all out. I want to see him give him a big right rear tire. Like a really big tire? tire? Yeah. yeah. There you go. I want to see that and make the body work real screwy looking. Just say Wouldn't no rules. <laughs> no body rules. Have at it. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> who gives a damn? Yeah, who cares? There's no, there's no error to anybody's advantage. I got a great idea. Why don't we just like have them all get in dirt cars? And then put it on TV. Oh, wait, they have that already. They just don't put them on TV. Anyway. It's not really TV, though. 
so yeah the race was uh interesting got so, kind of boring and then it was embarrassing so the end austin hill won and <laughs> what, let's talk about the end so we fixed just i just want people to catch up and whatnot so far we fixed thompson speedway and dirts and dirt track racing for nascar yes so we're two for two so far if you if you're counting score on discussion topics but not on execution because right. our execution well, yeah. is obviously terrible no today. one listens to us neither do the higher-ups that's fair independent <laughs> okay so again there's no local news so we'll just trudge through this thing and say hey look there was an srx race at probably one of the most awesome short tracks in the country slinger speedway in wisconsin i didn't get a chance to see that it was pretty awesome now if nobody knows what slinger is i suggest you go up and look it up on youtube it's a quarter mile track but the straightaways and this is what i'm told i can't tell by looking but it does look like it 20 degrees of banking in the straightaways, 33 in the corners on a quarter mile track. This place is the definition of bullring because there ain't no escape. No. And no, no. Uh, it's, it's a freaking cool track. And they run the Slinger Nationals, which is a big super late model race up there. And they ran it this past week. And whoever won that race got the invite as the... Um, ringer i think they call it in the srx race on saturday i think and they that call person, us a local local hero yeah local hot shoe oh yeah they have like that local hero and then ringer and eh, i forget what the hell they do it's weird uh but local luke fenhouse who's 17 years old won the slinger nationals now again we could go into age and young guys racing and money and all this other stuff but let's be fair if you win the slinger nationals you got to be pretty good. Yeah. It's a long, it's like a, what, 300 lap race or something like that. It's a long race. That's because everybody has money. So, well, yeah, they all do. Go. So whatever, we're not even going to make it a point anymore. Who cares? Well, and the best of the best come to that race. That's true. Yeah. They, they, they do come out. I remember watching, uh, who was it? Matt Kenseth. And, uh, I don't think Matt, it was the nationals though. Was it? It was, uh, Matt Kenseth and Ty Majeski two years ago for the win. Was that at the Slinger Nationals or was that a yep. CRA race? That was the Slinger Nationals. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they battled. I mean, Matt Kenseth is still wheeling it, you know? Yeah, that was an excellent race. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about that place is it puts on good racing. It's not a complete disaster every time you put cars on the track. No, it's, it's just it's one of those, you know, Wisconsin area late model racing is incredibly competitive like the great lakes region with their late model racing and super late model racing super competitive it's much like going down to the carolinas and running late model stocks it's competitive as hell and a lot of big names come out of that area i mean look at uh, mark martin dick trickle basically look Matt at Kenseth. all the ASA guys yeah anybody who ran asa alan Kowicki. they they all ran these big Russell tracks Wallace. yeah dick trickle yeah they all mike a was a badass yeah um I mean, we could go on and on, but this kid came out, won the Slinger Nationals. There goes oh, Jesse's phone. I'm not bored. He I'm has died. The kitty. Bring the chair closer, then you can pet the kitty and Sorry. scream. <laughs> what a disaster. Anyway, um, so he got that seat at the SRX race at Slinger, and he did very well in the heat races. He ran in the top 
three or four in both heats. They inverted the second heat uh, fully, like full invert. And uh, I forget how they they do points or something for lineup. And he started up front with uh, probably Tony Stewart and a couple other guys. And uh, it was about a 150 lap race. And the kid stayed at the front pretty much the whole night. He was in the top three all night, uh, as was Tony Stewart and Marco Andretti. And uh, let's be fair. I want to give a special shout out to Paul Tracy, the angriest Canadian I've ever seen. Um, to be fair, if you ever look at a list, of, if you ever look at a YouTube clip of all his fights montage, he's never started them. He just finishes them. <laughs> I always kind of liked Paul Tracy. <laughs> oh, I love but he, Paul Tracy. Let's be fair. Everybody's calling the guy a villain. You need one. Yeah. You need one for entertainment. But let's be honest. He's probably really not a villain in a lot of these instances. He's just racing hard. No, but that's why Paul Tracy with... is in that series. What's that? That You know that's why Paul Tracy is in that series. He makes it a show. Yeah. And he did this night, too, because... Uh, his he got into it with Ernie Francis Jr. Uh, Ernie kind of drove it in a little hard and spun him out. And uh, Paul wasn't happy. He waited for him and then drove into him under caution because he was pissed off. And I bet you a lot of these open wheel guys love having fenders and bumpers right now because they can just live out their anger in in and aggression and pent up frustration. That they had to not do, had to overcome in open wheel. Yeah, now they can let loose and they can car. just let it out. Yeah, they're just and, like, why didn't I start doing this years ago? Yeah, and um, so he had to start at the back. It was probably halfway through the race already, and he charges back through the field, and he got up to about fourth, almost third, and uh, Haley Deegan went into turn three on the last lap literally the last lap spins him out causes a huge wreck and so that was kind of unfortunate and he's just like i got taken out twice tonight and i'm pissed off is basically what his entire thing was and i felt for the guy you know he's like i got wrecked twice for no reason and i'm like you sure did i don't just put 100 percent of the blame on uh Haley deegan though she did drive it in when she wasn't there though she had her nose there, but you're right. She wasn't all the way there, but he also crowded her on entry really bad. She was up over half a lane. She missed the line a lot. She was not on the bottom. Phil, are you a simp? A what? A simp. We've gone over this on the show. <laughs> I don't know. Phil's a simp. Got it. Check. Okay, so I, I God, I hate it for Luke Fenhouse, though. He was leading this race. He'd, he'd done such a good job running his own line all day, stuck to the bottom, lifted early on entry, let it roll, saved his tires with a restart with 12 to go. He fights off Tony Stewart easily, gets out in front, and runs away. He had like a half or a full straightaway lead. He was gone. Nobody was touching him. He took the white flag, got to the backstretch, and they threw the yellow. And he was gone they threw the yellow because there was four or five cars wadded up in turn four i think michael waltrip and willie t ribs and all the back markers were stuffed into paul tracy's car um so that's unfortunate i understand why they threw the yellow because there were cars down there but man if the, if they take the white finish the damn thing there's only 12 of you for god's sakes just tell them where the wreck is and they can go around um but any, i know that's not what you're supposed to do but um 
So they had a restart with green, white, checkered, whatever. They said it has to finish under green. Okay, fine. So the kid takes the bottom, the groove he'd had been in the whole night. They come to take the green and every single person watching saw Marco Andretti jump. He jumped the start. Really? He had a full car length on him going into one. You know something? And they didn't call it back or anything. But you cannot blame Marco Andretti for this and why. Well, of course, you can't blame him because I try it too. Yeah, I would but, do it too. But I'm just saying is that if you had somebody in the tower strong, like it's like a Chaplier Fox. You know, good race directors. So they would have that on lockdown and you wouldn't be able to do that. Like, nope, go back and try again. But I also don't know what the restart rule is. What, what their rule, what are their procedural rules? I don't know what the rules are. That was leader starts the race. It Wait, should be leader self. starts the race. Yeah. I didn't see Fenhouse spin his, spin his tires. Phil, rebuttal. I didn't. No. I didn't. I didn't watch the final restart. I only watched the uh, the last couple of laps, so I don't really have an opinion on that. So Marco Andretti, yeah, Marco Andretti took the lead. Fenhouse could not get back to him because he had such a freaking jump on him, and uh, took it and, and ran with it and won. I mean, that's the end of it. And well, I can't, you know, what? Go ahead. I'm just, I just wanted to congratulate Marco Andretti for finally winning something. Yes, congratulations, Marco. You finally won something. Not in your dad's car. Congrats. Even in your dad's car. <laughs> Even in your dad's car. It's only yeah. been 10 years since his last win, so there you go. Anyway, um, I know that he's probably going to be getting into a, an Xfinity ride at some point very soon as Marco. Uh, but Luke Fenhouse, I believe he put his name out on the map. Because in the five races that the SRX series has had, the local has won one. One. Doug, Doug Kobe, Kobe did it right off the bat. And but nobody the other local guys have really nobody's done really well. They've done well, but nobody's come close to winning. Luke Fenhouse was going to be the second guy. He was going to win that race, if not for that last caution, after he took the white flag. So it sucks because it could have probably he probably could have gotten even more notoriety for winning instead of finishing second, which really blows. Yeah, but I still think his career is about to blow up, especially yeah, very well comments by uh, the comments by multiple people. Well, I mean, he's seventeen years old, so he's he's getting over to hell, you know. I know, geez, getting too old uh, for this the age is concerned. I mean, he should be in right. an archer car by now, at least. <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, super late model, you can go super late model to the trucks. Hmm. You, I'd, have, yeah. I'd have no problem with that. You better be get going because, he's yeah, I mean, be an old man soon. there's no real point in going super late model to Arca because Arca is just a waste of money at this point. I mean, I especially he'll, he'll end up in that DGR 17 by the end of the year. It would be nice to see. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's only been five races for SRX, but already, only in five races, it's already more entertaining than IROC ever was. And I know that's a bold statement, but it's probably true. I would almost say it's more entertaining than any racing currently on TV. That's also true. To, to me, anyway. But I, I can't watch an F1 race. They put me to sleep. NASCAR, I love it, but 
it's not what it used to be. Like the cars are too dependent on aerodynamics. So, and you look at is great, but hey, Jonathan, all the honing people think that sports cars are the way of the future. They're not (laughs) sports car. You know, it's funny about sports car racing, especially professional sports car racing. Like almost all of those teams don't operate at a profit. (laughs) They really don't. Hey, and guess what? It's run by Jim France. Yep. Hmm. I forgot he runs IMSA. Uh, but anyway, I mean, they're taking a they're taking a combination that everybody knows works: high horsepower, low downforce, and short tracks, and setting guys loose to basically beat each other's heads in for wins. And it's the most entertaining racing on TV right now, bar none. I can't wait to see the TV ratings and all that stuff come out this week over this race. They've been pretty good. I mean, yeah, they're on network television, but it's been growing though, and that's the that's the fun part. <laughs> network television used to be a byword of high ratings, which is kind of funny because cable used to be the niche market, right? I find that funny from a film guy perspective. Yeah, and all, all of the naysayers were uh, saying that after the Stafford race, when the ratings were so high, they were saying, "Oh, that's going to be their peak for the year, and it's going to peter off." And all it's kind of understand that. You know, they they were thinking that the new was going to wear off, and it just didn't. The novelty, well, yeah, because it's actually entertaining. Even the dirt, even the dirt races were entertaining. Oh, wow. they ran it. They took the windows out and didn't have to worry about being able to see. The cars were a lot lighter, and they had you know decent sized tires on them with a lot of horsepower. They were able to put moisture in the track too. Yeah, and they didn't run as long a damn race. If you have windows, you can't put moisture in a racetrack. Yeah. And the moisture is what makes the passing go. Yeah. That's, you know, dry decent, slick. No. Decent track prep, like what normal dirt tracks have, is how you constitute good racing. And when you have windshields, yeah, you can't do that. You can't wet the track down. You can't tilt. You can't do anything or else you kill the windshield. Yeah. So I really want to know why that's the top hard. three cars are this, as heavy as they are because I don't see any reason they should be 3,500 pounds. No, there's no reason. I don't for know. There's no so saying that a heavy race car is a safe race car. I, I, I don't know. That's kind of a dumb saying to my Well, in some ways, because there's a lot of bars you got to put into it. Yeah, but there's also more mass hitting you. So I don't know. It's a double-edged sword in my mind. But they have one last race left upcoming on Saturday. It's going to be at the sh- um, it's going to be at Nashville, the short track. This speed with a fairground speedway yeah yeah fairgrounds in nashville chase elliott's gonna be in it uh i forget who the local guy is gonna be it's probably not him <laughs> i don't know who the local guy is uh, i wish i knew chase elliott's listed as the ringer yeah and who the hell's gonna be the local guy damn it i forgot well you'll tune in and watch it's on cbs you could throw an antenna on your roof and find that just don't because you'll you'll have lightning hit it and then you'll be in my situation so they'll be doing a podcast on cell phone. Yeah. With muted microphones because we get a horrible echo. This is going well. That echo. That echo. <laughs> that echo. Yeah. All right. So we got two more things to mention. And this was uh, something everybody's already known about. <laughs> so national races. We'll just kind of scuff through these real quick and I'll tuck tail and go on Amazon and buy new stuff. Um, Kyle Busch won his 102nd Xfinity race at 
Atlanta this weekend on Saturday, and uh, he fulfilled his five races for the year. He won all five of them and has strongly suggested that he's retiring from running Xfinity Series races, which has been, he said, after I hit 100, I'll quit. And uh, we'll see if that happens. I guarantee he gets back in a car, though, at some point. So I think I he was actually... He was sorry, actually Joe. asked in media availability straight up if it was if he was done, and he pretty much said yes straight to the reporter. Yeah, he also said in his Victory Lane interview, he said, "Yeah, I'm done, unless the right opportunity comes up and somebody needs me or whatever." And he's and right. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that's yeah, he's coming back. He'll be back, not full time, maybe once in a while." But I had a question about it though because I never watched it. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I heard there was a little controversial finish about it. Oh yeah, he um, he got into his teammate Daniel Hemrick on the last restart. Well, on the second to last restart at that point because it caused another restart. Uh, Hemrick was leading. He had who was it to his outside? I think it was AJ Allmendinger. Yes. And Allmendinger got a good restart and good push. Bush caught up to him coming through the second and half of the trioval. Got to Hemrick's bumper going towards turn one. Gave him a push, but it kind of kicked him sideways a little bit and he got into Almondinger and then got turned into the wall and uh bush came over the radio and said that's not how that was supposed to happen he came in through his victory lane interview and said i really was just trying to help a teammate out i don't have any incentive to win this race i was just trying to help push him forward media he's also said the same thing he reiterated everything just trying to push him and i to be fair believe him Oh, absolutely. He, he hit him why, square in the back bumper. He didn't hit him in a corner. It just didn't go the I mean, right why way. Why would you wreck your teammate? To win a race that you don't really care about. Yeah, exactly. He's won 101 of them. He doesn't need to win that race. He could have helped his team. Can I just say poor Daniel Hemrick? Because that poor kid seems like he he's cannot. never going to win a race. Never. He's never going to win a race. I swear to God. It's just one reason or another just never going to win i swear to god i hope with kyle not running next year hopefully watch out um, well not hopefully i like when kyle runs those races but that's another discussion Mike's off anyway but uh i hope that daniel somehow can get a full-time ride in at least a quality equivalent to the jgr cars if not jgr he's been doing well he just Again, just for whatever reason, just can't finish a damn race. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so he also, Kyle Bush also had choice words about the upcoming repave and reconfigure of the track at Atlanta. And I agree with him again. And I don't usually find myself agreeing with the guy too much, but I do again. Because I understand history. And I'm not blaming NASCAR for this because they have had their input in screwing up racetracks. But when you usually see a racetrack get screwed up, it's usually SMI doing it. Think about it. They screwed Bristol up three or four times, and then they screwed it up so bad they had to put dirt on it. Uh, they put they built Kentucky. Nuff said uh, yeah, they reconfigured. <laughs> they reconfigured Texas. Now it's awful. What are they going to do to Atlanta? It's going to be awful. I don't ever blame the racetrack. I'm blaming the ownership for, for the racetrack. The problems of the racing on the racetrack. I blame the people who make the rules, that design the cars, 
that is how the racing is put out aerodynamics and suspension okay you could race good at any racetrack if you have the right combination and horsepower come on look at phoenix who puts a start finish line in the corner and that's not smi they, well, they ruined phoenix as soon as they allowed you to drive off onto the flat yeah that they track put, is garbage now they should put curbs down there yep. yeah that was that's true <laughs> perpendicular I, curbs like <laughs> i don't necessarily mind what they're doing to atlanta i mean i don't even know what it's gonna look like everybody's freaking out that they're gonna narrow it up 15 feet from 55 to 40 feet wide have you seen st- how wide that place is yeah but you don't stop to think daytona is 45 feet wide yeah so it's not like it's gonna be a big deal yeah it's, it's not, not gonna a big be... deal charlotte is 47 feet wide it's not darlington well, I'm, I'm curious to see. So they're talking about taking in some custom asphalt mix or whatever with a lot of aggregate in it to tear up the tires. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that actually works out. I can't wait till it fails and then they have to dig it up and repave it again. <laughs> or seal it. <laughs> Why are they don't gonna they make seal it? racetracks anymore? Richmond used to. It was cool because when they spun out, it was, a big it was yellow, yellow smoke. smoke clouds. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. <laughs> I don't know. I think they wanted to wear out. I, I have no idea. Now, I think the ceiling tracks like makes it Atlanta? Is Atlanta going to be like Atlanta of old? Make it oval again? Yeah. That would be nice. I want the old Atlanta. The widest turns you can ever make in racing. Yeah. The corner that starts from way over yonder and that ends way over in the next county right that's way better it was cool yeah atlanta i i miss old atlanta i wish they could somehow recreate it in iRacing. it would be nice we'll see i mean iRacing designed the next gen car they re, they're gonna redesign this track uh, we'll see so the cup race ran today uh, as of recording uh and kurt bush won that and Steve he had to that beat- one coming yeah, he had to beat his brother Kyle, and uh, Kyle Bush was upset at uh, the 42 carbs, um, Ross Chastain, for essentially blocking him and allowing Kurt to catch him, which, yeah. is, which is literally exactly what a teammate is supposed to do. Right. <laughs> and, if, and if was, well, let's, was the let's teammate a laps down, though? Well, he was going a lap down. What if Eric Jones did that for Kyle Bush? Kyle Bush would be happy. Or whoever the hell is in the 20 now. I forget who that is. Oh, who Christopher f- Bell. Yeah, that's right. Whoever. That, that car is the fourth car anyway. Well, um, yeah, but. What? Not performing as always right. for the 20. Right. Eric Jones is probably doing better in the 43. Yeah. Um, but I love Atlanta. And it, it the track did tear up. Yeah, it does need to be repaved. It hadn't been repaved since 1997. I get it. They had to stop the race for about 20 minutes and patch the trial. Conspiracy but theory. Was that fun. was done on purpose. Who did that? Who thinks that? SMI did it. Oh, I'm sure. So they can be like, oh, look, the track needs to get repaved. It's falling apart. It is falling apart. I looked at that asphalt. It's garbage. It, that track has been <laughs> crap for years. It looks like an abandoned parking lot it just it's terrible uh but i loved it because i loved how bad it was because it killed nascar's 550 horsepower package 
because that package was meant to draw cars together and make the racing close. And it doesn't do it at Atlanta at all. There's nothing you can do there to make you the racing close. Big at Atlanta. Nope. Back in the day, you could. When Jeff Bodine set a record at like 197 miles an hour or something. Oh, man, that was hauling, too. I remember that qualifying lap. That was on fresh asphalt. They he looked were, like he'd like, seen a ghost when he got out of that car. Yeah, but that's how you're supposed to do it. If your hands ain't shaking when you get out of the car, you ain't going fast enough. AJ Foyt used to test his drivers doing that, didn't he? If you come back in from your qualifying laps and you're not hands aren't white and shaking, you're not going fast enough. Yeah, that was an old story I kind of forgot about. So well he never put he never put nitrous in his driver's suits either. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh, I don't even know how long we are into this because we have no recording equipment. About because, an hour and a half. Uh, I don't even care at this point. <laughs> Sid, how far into this thing are we? Long enough, man. Long enough? All right, yeah, it's terrible. Stop the Jess, I don't think we can play anything over the board unless you turn your mic on, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, so we're going to end this crap show here because, God almighty, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really am. This is awful. Okay, so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find it on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Sid's View. Uh, let's see. Holy crap, there's the kid. Everybody. You can find- <laughs> You can leave us a message and tell us how bad we suck. Get into the podcast without even me. We're not done yet. Why don't you come in here? Anyway. You can find me on Instagram at BrinkGleason01 and on Twitter at the same handle. My kid's lodged in the cat tree trying to climb in here. Uh, Let's see. Where can you find? Oh, yeah. You can send us email, any email, feedback, story ideas. Holy crap. (laughs) Feedback, story ideas, you know, anger, whatever you want to do, make fun of anybody. Who cares? here, you can send that to making labs podcast at gmail.com. Oh, did I? I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, oops. Oh, well. <laughs> Again, it falls apart at the end anyway. All right, Phil, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me at P. Jake's Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, all right, Jesse, where can people find you at? You don't. I find you. All right. With your big brown truck. Hang yes. on, my kid's almost here. He's going to say the end of the show. Nope, he's not coming. Boy! What? <laughs> he's what? You can't see his foot. Help me. Hang on. We'll, no. go, we'll go get him, because I know he gets Come upset here, if he doesn't, you know, get the show, shut the show down. So. Go off through the door, bud. <laughs> All right, so... I really, really hope I can get some uh, we need equipment, equipment in... Uh, if we had some sponsors, we could get some equipment. Okay, you gotta here, say but... it on somebody's phone. All right, boy, come over here and say it because our equipment's dead. You gotta say it into a cell phone or something. So are you kidding? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. You can just say it from there. Up. Just say it from there. You can say it. Go ahead. Oh my <laughs> God! Say it right, boy. Say it right, boy. Minnie Mouse. We can't understand that. <laughs> no, we can't understand that either. Try again. You only get three strikes on this. Yeah, we can't. Only dogs can do it. All right, if you didn't hear that because he was too far away from the microphone, keep the dirt side down and stay out of the fence.